Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? And more to be, we believe this is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Lisa Pulliam, the founder of More to Be and your host of the More to Be podcast. And I'm here to help you think biblically and live transformed, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. We are so glad that you are joining us again today on the More to Be podcast. We are picking up with part two of an episode focused on the Proverbs 31 woman. We are doing more than just caring Mm -hmm. for our household, if we're looking at her as an example. So verse 16 to 18, I'm going to read. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic, strong, hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. And so, wow, like this is a working woman. It is fascinating to me. It is, especially like looking in, you know, in the context of that time frame um, yeah. in the in Bible times of where it was a male dominated culture. Yeah, I, I find yeah. this so fascinating that here she is, that she is engaged in business. Um, she's using her earnings. It doesn't say her husband's to plant a vineyard. Yeah. She's like going out and investing um, and she works hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I see her as financially savvy. Exactly. Uh, she's aware of how, she's aware of her spending. She's a, she's uh, understands the value of what she's purchasing so that she can be profitable. And, and so in our modern day definitions, working women or not working women, uh, we can be uh, resourceful financially. We, we can manage our family finances and, and take ownership over mm-hmm. that and say, hey, listen, this is how much is coming in and this is how much is going out and this is what we can afford. And so, again, like I kind of go back to the beginning part where we were saying, if we were women like this, how would our world be different? And and I know from my personal experience that the struggle over finances can be the greatest source of tension oh, yeah. on marriage. I mean, just totally can divide you. Um, in in half. And usually I have found through my coaching of clients that that tension point is because each person has a different uh, sense of value on what to spend money on. You know, one might want to do vacations that look like trips to Italy and the other one might want to do vacations that look like camping. And and yet in the budget, what Mm -hmm. can you afford? Uh, and so you end up in these like points of conflict over entertainment, over education, over uh, how to fill a house, how to furnish a house, how to clothe, over medicine, over uh, retirement funds, all of these pieces of conflict, right. right? And yet if we operated under the mindset of, is this a profitable mm-hmm. dealing? Would that... In in coaching, we teach about core value conflicts that you have to introduce a third value to find the common ground. And so if if the decision making was based on, is this profitable, um, would that Mm. minimize conflict and take the wants and the subjectivity out of the equation? And if you read throughout Proverbs, um, I wonder if I could find the passage right now. I read something the other day. I mean, throughout Proverbs, uh, we are taught about right. 
what to do with money and what not to do with money and how it is going to uh, create a problem. So actually, I found it in Proverbs 38. It says, uh, first, help me never to tell a lie, which goes back to that trustworthy point, right? Second, give Mm -hmm. me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. Verse nine says, for if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. I mean, it's it's such good advice, though. Isn't that fascinating? I know. It's great advice. It really is. And, you know, if she is operating under that mindset of I'm looking to be profitable, but not too profitable. Right. (laughs) Just to meet my needs and take care of my family and, um, you know, live life. Yeah. But yeah. But to do it in a trustworthy way and to move forward um, mm-hmm. in a way that's going to honor yeah. God. And it's not easy because she has to go out to inspect the field and buy it. So we have to go search for the work maybe mm-hmm. or search for that thing mm-hmm. that we think we're supposed to buy. With her earnings, she has to plant a vineyard. So there's no credit cards for her. She has to save up right. enough money to be able to, to buy the vineyard. So, you know, Dave Ramsey, I'm a super fan of his with his financial peace university. He tells you how to get out of debt. He tells you how to use the finances that you already have. Um, she is energetic and strong and a hard worker, man. I just love that. I'm like, huh? You know, like our confidence can come through, uh, the, the definition of us being energetic, strong and a hard worker. Like God looks favorably on that. Well, in the last piece of her lamp burns late yes. into the night. Like, yes. And I know, don't get me wrong. I know there is balance and, and we have to be careful. And yet, yes. man, I mean, there are nights where I am up late because I'm like, I have stuff I need to get done. Like I need to, I feel like I need to have this accomplished for my family or for the, the girls I mentor or yeah. for work. And so I will, I will stay up late. And, um, I know I've got to be careful with my health, but yeah, there's this piece of like, there is a drive when, when God has tasks for us. And when we're passionate about those tasks, there's a drive that pushes us that there are some late nights and, and I feel like I'm like, okay, but it's okay. Cause I'll get that. I'll be like, you need to, you know, people who who know me and will be like getting after me. And I feel like it's kind of like what you were talking about, Stephen, before. It's like you kind of feel bad for the fact that you were prepared. And I'll feel bad because I'm I'm working too much. And I'm yes. like, but you don't understand. Like, I love it. And there there is a drive behind me to take care of the people that God's given me, the ones that are yeah. biologically mine and the others that he's provided and that are in my sphere of influence. Yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes that takes not just the hours of like eight to five. Mm -hmm. So I know, I know. And, and it's that balance between workaholism and perfectionism and unhealthy boundaries and stewardship and discipline and determination. Right. And I, I think there, the question, I kind of go back to evaluating it this way. And I say this over and over again, the pediatrician said when uh, Leah was a baby, Look at her, what she's eating over the course of a week rather than one meal. Yeah, and I true. think that is the same way we need to evaluate how we're spending our time. Are we doing this every day or is this over the course of a week? Is it is there health in this? Is there balance? 
You know, are we being energetic and strong and a hard worker? Uh, are we burning our lamps late into the night when there is that pressure because of a deadline? Or for me, book release season always looks like that. Right. And yet, I, I my book came out, Unblinded Faith came out May 1st through June 1st. It was intense. And in July 1st, you know, my hours have been half the mm-hmm. hours that I normally work. And so I can look over the course of a year and say, I'm burning my lamp into the night during seasons and then other seasons not. I'm not doing that because part of taking care of my household is being present sure, with them. Exactly. And, and we're going to see and laughing right. with them as we'll see in the verses okay. to come. All right. So um, verse 19 and 20, I think I'm going to read through 22. Uh, her hands are busy spinning thread. Her fingers are twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. There's a lot in I those. think it goes back to kind of that busy, and again, it, it kind of, um, you know, she's taking care of the things that are in front of her. I feel like where it it deviates in a sense is verse 20, where we find that it's not just her household that she's taking care of, but she's taking care Mm -hmm. of people around her. She's taking care of the poor and the needy. She's, as it says, opens her arms wide. I'm adding the word wide, but I see it as this encompassing hospitality and let me take care of um, other people. Yeah. Yeah. She's right. not just inward right. focus. There's an external focus. But I also think that there's um, there's almost a little bit of a pattern we can take. She's cared for the yes. family first and they're in a good place. And so she mm-hmm. can now extend beyond her family. That's a great principle. And there will be, yeah, there will be seasons where that extending beyond, it may not be as possible you know, when you just have a baby, (laughs) that's not going to be a season. You're taking care of your household in that season. And if your dealings are profitable at that time of life, you're spending money on diapers, right? So it's a different strain. (laughs) And and I think there there's grace in that. I also, um, when I read her hands are busy uh, spinning thread, um, I have a friend who, uh, is so she's so crafty and she's in a season in life where her children are like right. in that middle tween season and she's not working full time. She doesn't need to work full time. So she went to the, the craft store, got some elastic and made a, an essential oils little bag to put the oils in oh, where thanks. they stick into the elastic. And I was like, man, I remember a time when I used to be able to do that, <laughs> you know, like, and so automatically mm-hmm. there was like a condemnation that fell on me. Of like, oh, right. I bought mine, you know, and, and yet I bought mine because for me, it's more profitable to, to maybe coach a client or to work on another resource that I'm going to produce than it is to save the money on that elastic that I would sew into that little piece, like time, time versus return on investment. And there was a season in my life where there was no source of income coming in. And I had to look at being profitable by saving those pennies. And now I have to look at my time and say, is that a profitable use of my time? I was just going to say, I think that's such a, a good perspective and a good reminder about the seasons, like the different seasons we find ourselves in. 
because it's easy to read through this and feel like it's, oh, I've got to do this or I've got to do that. But like you said, there's different times where it makes sense to work more based on your kids are maybe completely out of the house um, or they're in high school. And yet when they're infants or toddlers, you know, there's more time that needs to be taken to um, provide for them. And it's less time outside the house, maybe. So again, it's taking all of that and using that wisdom to make the decision. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, and even to celebrate each other's seasons and stages, like my, my spirit should be joyful for this opportunity. This gal has in her life, not jealous. And I should be grateful for what God has given me to do with my hands. Not, not resentful. Right. I mean, there's, there's that heart issue that we need to be cautious of as we're looking at this passage and trying to figure out how are we living it out um, for us. And so this, this next verse, this, she has no fear of winter. Um, well, let's go back for a second. Extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. Yes. I, I want to say about that too. There are a lot of different ways to do that. Uh, the, the needy is the needy that God has impressed upon your heart and, and to be sensitive to say, God, show me the needs around me that I may meet them and to be courageous in our faith, to respond to those needs with our time, with our talents, with our financial resources, as, as he calls us into that and to not put up that shut down wall. I can't, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not able enough. Well, because the needs might, it might not be, I mean, we look at this and think financial, or at least I do when I read it, but like it could very easily be the meeting emotional needs of somebody Mm -hmm. who is struggling with, you know, a divorce or, or situations at home with their children. Um, So how are we meeting those needs with our presence and with our words of encouragement and our prayers? Um, and it's not necessarily giving money out or providing clothes for somebody or something. Right. Right. That's great. So speaking of providing clothes, right. <laughs> in verse 21, she has no fear of winter for her household for everyone has warm clothes. And, and again, I felt that like, ha, huh, when we prepare, <laughs> right. That does eliminate the, the fear when we, when we take the time to do what we anticipate is coming, it does minimize some anxiety. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, at least for me. And again, though, I, I struggle. I know I'm speaking from the standpoint of somebody who likes to plan and prepare. Um, but I do. I, I watch mm-hmm. other people run around to, you know, some of my girlfriends and no, they're not necessarily wired that way, but I watch them stress more. Um, and so yes. I think sometimes it's ingrained into us and it's just part of our wiring and other times it's a trait that we need to learn, um, so that we do have less kind of panic moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can look at this passage and say, well, is that my nature? And if it's not, I wonder, I wonder who could teach me how to right. do this because we're all teachable. We can learn, we can learn skills like, um, I I remember somebody said to me when the kids were little, like super little, she said, uh, buy their next season's clothes. Like, so if it's uh, spring, buy clearance spring clothes one size up or two sizes up. Like figure out the rate of growth for your child and then get it on clearance Mm -hmm. the year before. 
And that was something that I'm like, I would never have thought to do that. But then once I learned how to do that, I share that knowledge with the women that I do life with so that that's how we prepare for clothes, right? And my husband will be like, why are you buying that now? It's like a year away. I'm like, because I'm paying $5 for it now rather than $20. And he's like, yeah. Good idea. Well, and that goes, that does, that goes back um, to then the relationships with other people and the mentoring that I feel like God calls us to do within the body of the church is that we are helping somebody who is in a different season of life that we've already gone through. And we're like, hey, mm-hmm. have you ever thought about this? Or this worked for me? Or let me help you with that. Um, and so we're sharing that information, yeah. that knowledge, our experiences to help the next generation to come up and live Mm -hmm. fully. Mm -hmm. Good. It's good stuff, Kaylee. So on on to the the next verse there. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. I, I read that and I thought, I don't even know if this is like, I don't know what a, a theologian would say about this, but here's what came to my mind. Right. She makes her own bedspreads. Okay. So she's handy. And this was part of her season. She was also finding wool and flax and she was spinning it and she was uh, using her fingers to spin thread and twist fiber. So this is contextually like further describing how she's using her hands. She makes her own bedspread. But I wonder if there is some sort of um, understanding that the fact that she cares for her marriage bed Mm. and that it is a place of attention. I, I don't know. I mean, that was the thought that came to my mind. Like she put time into that uh, and that she dresses in fine linens and purple gowns. Like I've often um, felt guilty at times, like when I buy myself clothes and wondering, did I, did I clothe my kids already? And, you know, is it okay that I got this really nice, you know, top? And, and yet she clothed, her example is that she clothed her family first. At least that's what's mentioned first. But she didn't forsake caring for herself. Right. And my understanding about purple is that it's a sign of royalty. Correct. So the fact that it said a purple gown, I can't help but think she she knows her she knows her place <laughs> in the in in her royal lineage. Um, right. What do you think of that verse? Well, I would agree with everything you said. Um, I think the thing that I noticed, you know, some of this we go, well, is she being conceited or, you know, just worried about herself and, or is she putting on airs? And I don't get that from any place else in the entire passage. I don't feel like she's doing any of this for her own glory or gain. Um, but she's not neglecting herself. She's living into the fact that she is God's daughter and we can take joy and pride in that in a sense. And we can hold our heads high because of who we are. Um, But that doesn't mean that we have to step up on, you know, some pedestal and be like, everybody wait on me. You know, I'm the the queen. Um, You know, you don't get any of that because she's, she's working diligently and she's taking care of things. And yet, like you said, she knows who she is. She's royalty. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think we're all royalty. Um, right. And does that then, you know, do we live into that and, and embrace who we are um, 
which I think is a wonderful concept. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. It really, it's, it stuck out to me this time and, and that it comes right before her husband is mm-hmm. well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. And so I'm like, okay, does this have anything to do with that? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but there is this, I get this feeling of reputation, right? Like she is also being seen as his wife mm-hmm. and, and she is caring for her marriage in this way. I mean, that, that's my, I guess you could go over the top with it and I don't want to do that, but I do think that like the beginning of the passage began describing her as a wife and how precious she is because she is virtuous and capable and how her husband can trust her and that she's enriching his life. I think this kind of ties it together here. Yeah. Um, and, and the importance of I that. I remember my mom telling me when I was in high school, she's like, you only have one reputation. And it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you only have one chance in a sense to have people, whether they're going to say, oh yeah, you know, she's a, like you said, a capable or virtuous or caring woman or, and she runs around or she's, she's trouble. She, mm-hmm. you don't want to get messed up with her. Um, and so we do, mm-hmm. we have one reputation and that doesn't say that God can't clean us and, and that his grace does not cover us. Uh, I think of Mary Magdalene and yet how much, yeah. you know, what would have happened if, if she hadn't walked down that road? Would it would have been different? Obviously it would have, you know? Um, and yet obviously the, the experiences mm-hmm. she had mm-hmm. shaped her and God did not look at her in any different light. He still loved her completely, but she had the baggage yeah. that she had to deal with then too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is an important, it's, it, yeah. it's important to note uh, that, that our, we are impacting when we're married, we're impacting mm-hmm. the reputation of our families and our husband. Um, and so then I find this funny. It goes I back know. to talking about what she's busy making and selling. So she makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. And so I, I sometimes wonder, is this because her, she's multi, um, maybe multi-talented or maybe um, diversified in mm-hmm. her sources of income. Right. And so uh, sometimes I'll get you're doing so much, Lisa, like I can't even keep up with all the things that are happening in your life. And I'm like, I'm diversified. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. Like I enjoy I enjoy having multiple Mm -hmm. outlets to express my passion for the Lord and my creativity and, and helping others. But I also need to be diversified because I provide a source of income for our family to manage our family finances. And if I put my, all my eggs in one basket and that turns South, I'm up the Creek and it's not just me personally, it's my family. And so I, I take kind of joy at the fact that she's diversified. (laughs) So, um, on this next part, she says, it says that she's clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. I know. I love that wow. image because she's like this serious woman. I mean, you know, you look at it and it seems like she's so calculated in a sense. And she takes everything very seriously and she has a plan. And and then you come to this and it's like, she's human. She's happy. She laughs. She's, she has fun. Um, 
And all of that fits into Mm -hmm. this beautiful picture Mm -hmm. of a wholehearted woman. Oh, yes. That Mm -hmm. is the, that's a great expression. Wholehearted. I love that. Yeah. And I, I can't help but look at this. And I um, had shared this in an email to my subscribers a couple of weeks ago. We went on a, a trip and we had like two hours at this really not fantastic beach but the water was so warm. Oh, wow. It was it was hotter than bath water. Like you did not cool off really going into it. But it was so hot outside. It was like 100 degrees that nobody even sat on the beach. There was these trees that lined the, the back end of the shore that people were sitting underneath. So I never go mm-hmm. in the water because I don't really like to get wet. And I, I don't like it when it's cold. Mm-hmm. I went in all the way and I played with the twins. Aww. Like I was four years old, like there, we, we right. had a boogie board, which there were no waves to boogie on. We didn't know that there were going to be no waves until we had gotten there. And so I yeah, had the, the twins are going to, you know, they were going to be 13. I think they turned 13 the following week. The three of us are taking turns oh, standing on top of the boogie board, like trying to surf, <laughs> which you should have seen me, you know, I would look like a beach whale trying to get on top so of fun. like a little sailboat. It was just but I, I, we did it and I laughed so hard that my family came off the, like the, from out of the shelter of the shade to photograph it because they could not believe one mommy was in the water, two mommy was laughing and three, I didn't want to get out. We were having such a good time. And uh, Caitlin said to me, as we kind of came up the shore, she's like, mom, I have not heard you laugh that hard in a really long time. Mm. And it was right. both a blessing and grieved my heart. Because I want my I want my kids to hear me laugh. And and I do laugh. It's not like I've not laughed. It's just that it has been a little bit of an intense uh summer and mm-hmm. I have been had to be very diligent about my work hours in order to take the time away. And so it had been a couple of weeks before she had heard me you know, cackle. And I read this and I want to like plaster it everywhere. I want to like tattoo it on my face and my hands and put it on the walls Mm -hmm. and say, I want to be a woman who laughs without fear of the future. Because she's, you know, because she has been prepared, she's able to laugh and do these other things. And it it is, it's all the pieces fit together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it describes her countenance as one yeah. that I think, don't we all want to be with women who laugh? Yeah. Like that, I mean, that's contagious, right? But then look what else comes. She speaks, her words are wise. She gives instructions with kindness. Mm-hmm. Because a woman who laughs, it mm-hmm. has her heart steady on God and his word and his truth and his promises. And and she's stewarding things in a way that there's not guilt and shame and bitterness and she's not trapped listening to the panel of critics in her head telling her that she's unworthy and and there's kindness and so there's no you know out of the overflow of her heart there is joy and and there i i also see out of the overflow of her mouth there is wisdom and and kindness and so if if we're not kind we need to kind of go back and say what's happening what's going on in our heart and in our thought life. And if we're not speaking with wisdom, is it because we're not steeped in wisdom? And if we're anxious of the future, is it because 
mm-hmm. where our mind is steady is on circumstances rather than God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. I love the next verse of Silver coming, though. Um, she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. This is the one that I like, though. 28. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, and the thing that I find, I know, well, the thing that I find wonderful about this is it's not, it's her children and her husband. It's the people closest to her that are praising her and blessing her. It's not coming from the outside. And again, I think that's where, you know, I mean, I know I struggle with it sometimes. I'm, I'm wanting other people to notice. Yeah. And yet what matters most is my family and what God says about me. And I feel like she seems to be able to live into this. If that That's where the yeah. laughter comes from. That's where the wise words come from and the kindness because she's okay with yeah. who she is. And she knows that the people closest to her love her and they appreciate her and she then it doesn't matter what other people say. No, I totally, I totally agree with you. And I think you can say that's absolutely true because she watches mm-hmm. everything in her household. Like it, her heart is household focused. And, and because of that, I think there is a, the family feels cared for uh, and, and they're the ones praising her. And I also think like, I read this and I thought, man, but mm-hmm. like, okay, so my husband is not a man of many words. And I, I don't naturally like hear praises from him on a regular basis. Um, And so when there is a longing for that in us and it's not coming, we can be tempted to look elsewhere for it. You know, and, and if we have grown up in an abusive home where, especially in an emotionally abusive home, physically, I guess any kind of abusive home, those, those wounds um, can really wreak havoc for the rest of our lives in that that hunger for praise right. and that desire to be appreciated. And I think the good news in it is that that desire is not evil. Mm-hmm. That that desire for praise is actually, I would say, consistent with what it means to be a, a woman of noble character. It's that those who, like you described, are closest to you, mm-hmm. bless you and praise and praise who you are before the Lord. And so if that is missing, right. that is a reason to run to Jesus in a, in a really deep way and ask him to fill that void in other ways uh, that that are um, holy, not not idolatrous. Right. Right. Um, well, or even, you know, give you the strength and the ability to open up and have those conversations mm-hmm. and the honest conversations that need to take place with the people that are closest to you to be able to work through some of this and to share the importance of words of affirmation, you know, yeah. and, and how that might play into your character and what you need as um, a woman who loves them. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got this last part. Charm is mm-hmm. deceptive and beauty does not last. Yes, it only takes aging to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And so I do find it fascinating that 
you know, we were just saying how mm-hmm. the praise that is coming from her husband and her children. And then after in my, in the way I read it after that is met, there is a public declaration that can yeah. happen. Agreed. And it gives God the glory. It's her deeds. Yeah. Um, not necessarily her demand to be praised. Exactly. Um, right. That, that brings that about. So, yeah. uh, what is um, one point which I forgot I had learned from my pastor, and it just it just came to me because one of the pastors at our church preached on this last May. Uh, this chapter is actually a letter, or or like a, a, maybe it wasn't a written form, a message from King Lemuel's mother of what he should find in a wife of noble character. Mm. And when you think of it that way, so this is a mother-in-law telling her son what to look for. Right. Whew. No. So then that kind of, to me, that changes the dynamics of all this just a little bit in that if we're, if we are mothers of children, how are we preparing our daughters to be this wife? Right. And how are we preparing our sons to be the kind of husband to this wife? Mm -hmm. And so then it becomes not only just about us as women, are we living this out, but how are we carrying this forth? How are we passing it down to the next generation? And and what are we modeling? So uh, you know how passionate I am about mentoring. Mm -hmm. You're as passionate about it too, but... But how do we bring our daughters and our spiritual daughters, the girls you're working with, the women that I'm mentoring, how do we bring them into this experience with us, modeling it for them, but also teaching them how to be profitable, how to be um, disciplined, how to extend hands to the needy and the poor, how to uh, show uh, respect and and live with a reputation that enables your husband to Mm -hmm. be honored uh, wherever he goes um, there, there's just so much more to it that it, it becomes not only a personal commissioning, but it becomes a task of equipping. When I think it comes down to, it's about doing life together. Um, because yeah. oftentimes we're, we live like silos unto ourselves. Um, or we are, we're so mm-hmm. busy and we're so caught up and we're just doing our own thing. And that can even be within our own households with our children. You know, they're busy with their things and we're just running them around and dropping them off. And so we don't engage them in learning about the family finances or having them help with the house tours or things of that nature. And so we're not teaching anymore. We're not, we're not doing Mm -hmm. life together. Like I said, And so it does leave that void. And I think of, yeah, from a mentoring standpoint, again, do we, do we just stay closed off in our own home and well, you know, I'll talk to you at church, but I'm not going to engage with you outside of that one day a week. Or are we forming relationships Mm -hmm. where then we are able to share, like you said about, you know, clothing and, and buying in advance or, or meal planning or whatever it might be. Um, because we're doing mm-hmm. life side by side. Oh, I think that's great, Kaylee. So here we are at the end. A lot of a lot yeah. to to chew yeah, on. No, there's so much in this passage. There is so much in this passage, and um, I think there that we're going to be 
coming back to this again and again is my feeling. We're going to be yeah. saying in future episodes, well, remember when we talked about the Proverbs 31 woman? And I love your your wholehearted description of her. And so I would like to leave us with like a closing challenge. So I'd like to leave a closing challenge. If you go to the show notes for this episode, there's a downloadable uh, resource And I would love for our listeners to print that out and look at what we have provided uh, through the Proverbs 30 Women. It's kind of all those attributes and and look at it from the perspective of being a wholehearted woman for the Lord, living living in every regard for the Lord uh, in, in all the different ways. And take the time to journal and pray and say, God, in my life, it looks like, and fill in the blank. And then kind of use that over the season of podcasts uh, with each episode of, okay, so how am I learning more about this particular area of focus based on our different episodes? And, mm-hmm. and it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see in three months from now how much God has taught you simply by steeping in the scriptures mm-hmm to bring out some of the attributes that we see in this woman that we believe God wants us to have uh, in in each of us. Yeah. So what do you think about that, Kaylee? Oh, I'm so excited because, I mean, honestly, there's certain things that come easy to us and certain things that come harder to us. And yet in the whole process, God's just wanting us to grow um, and to become, like we said, that yeah. wholehearted woman. So this season, you know, there might be things you're like, oh yeah, I mean, that is just right up my alley. And I find that very easy. And there might be other concepts or ideas be like, this is so much more of a struggle. And yet um, we can grow together through God's word and he can reveal things to us and have us work on stuff. And I, I love your idea about journaling and just kind of looking at those things and accepting the things that come natural to us and the things that we struggle with. And then just watching as he leads us and guides us and helps us to grow in all those areas. Good stuff. All right. So let's, let's wrap us up. I'll give us a word of prayer and then I'll close us out. Does that sound like a good thing to do now? Lord God, I thank you for this time that you've given Keely and I to dig deep into the scriptures that you've provided in Proverbs 31 and for our sweet sisters who are listening and growing alongside us. Lord, we're on a journey together and we ask for you to be our teacher. Holy Spirit, please open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to the truth of your word and how to live it out each day, Uh, Lord. And also I ask that you would show us who to do that living Mm -hmm. out with, as Kaylee described, that kind of side-by-side living, that mentoring that you know, God, we are each so very passionate about. And yet I know it's hard. I know it's hard for the women who are listening, who are working, who are have us as um, companions in folding laundry and driving carpools and community to work. And so, Lord, I ask for each of those particular women that you would encourage them, bless them, uh, equip them, help them to see your desire for them to be virtuous and capable. Remind them that they are more precious than rubies. God, help these sweet sisters of ours, and along with Kaylee, and and for me too, Lord, to be the kind of women that bring good, not harm, to the people that you have called us to love and serve all the days of our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We are so glad you joined us today for the More To Be podcast. 
We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word during your time with us. If you'd like to show your support for the ministry of More To Be and our podcast, we'd love for you to become a More To Be tribe member. You'll gain access to a library of life application studies and worksheets, audio recordings and video teachings, with resources added each month. To learn more, visit moretobe.com slash podcast for a special link just for you as our listener. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.